Hi, and welcome to the first official episode of FYI, I Am Damaged. I'm here with Anna Maleris, a licensed clinical social worker. And let's get this going. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Thank you again for basically being the guinea pig of the first official interview for the podcast. Can you please... Um, introduce yourself. What do you do and who you are and give everybody a, a, a very, say hello. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited that you're starting this. I think it's just a, such a beautiful thing. And as far as like creating community and getting into mental health issues, and we'll talk more about that. But uh, to introduce myself, my name is Ana Miledis. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I've been working in the field for over 15 years. Um, very passionate about this work. Um, I like to hear folks' story. I come, I'm also a person that has gone through a lot and healed, and now it's, you know, I'm helping people in their healing journey. Um, so as currently I work as a therapist. Um, uh, I've been doing that work for about four years. Uh, but before that, I've I've done like community organizing and other social work and clinical work. Well, that, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you've you know and um, what's the word they say the to put everything on the table like um, full disclosure, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Anna for short uh, is mm -hmm. my sister in law, and she, we've known each other for over ten years, and you know. And she's very much involved in um, helping me with the podcast, and I'm great. And we've, you know, we did our pre-interview, and you know, if you haven't listened to the intro, I'm basically I want to explore the various strengths of people who, after they've gone through their trauma on whatever level it may be, people knowingly and unknowingly develop their strengths from it. Um, this is something we've discussed in our pre-interview and it gives them power. It gets them moving. And with that intro interview, it was, you know, it was emotional for me going forward. And even though I did it on the fly and, you know, this is all raw and, you know, it'll get a little bit polished down the road, but that's how life is. And I want to delve into the mental strength of a person, you know, and their experiences. And it's not about, you know, reliving, revisiting, or exploring the trauma. There's enough of those out there about what people go through. What I'm focusing on is, you know, the good aftermath of those that develop their strengths from it. And, you know, the strengths that are born from these, you know, traumatic ripples that just make us stronger in life and make us put one foot in front of the other because we're not going to give up. And, you know, we've discussed, you know, many points coming through here and all the stuff you've experienced. And I mean, in the stuff that you've dealt with, you know, what's a couple of things that stick out from people who you're um, working through everything they've been through mm -hmm. the strength part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, how how is it seeing them progress and get a little stronger and stronger as they 
deal with exposing their, well, not exposing, but getting mm-hmm. their issues across to you. Right. And, you know, coming to you being big enough, because that's a, the thing in our community, mm-hmm. is that it takes a while to get that stigma off. Like, if you see a therapist that there's something wrong with you, and that's completely not the case. Right. Right. I think actually, I, I honestly am a believer that everyone should be in therapy because we all go through things that may be difficult. And sometimes it's good to have somebody that can listen and process and talking things out loud. Mm-hmm. You yourself can figure out what's best for you. So I think what's interesting about all this healing journey is that's also very individual to the person. Um, it's very interesting because I, when I, we were talking about the podcast, I thought it would be like an amazing idea because I get to listen to people on the daily and I see how much one person experience kind of relates to what another person is going through. And sometimes we think that we're very much isolated in our pain and in our journey to heal. Um, and a lot of, a lot of other folks are having similar journeys. Um, and, and I feel sometimes if folks would listen to that, they would feel less isolated. They would feel like, wow, I can really do this. Uh, maybe I do have the strength. Maybe I need to try this approach. Um, sometimes a person would need an individual approach and, and you, that comes out also in therapy. Um, so I think it's a, it's a very important thing. Um, you know, full disclosure, all therapists are usually see their own therapy their own therapist because mm. sometimes we develop also secondary trauma. Right. Uh, but, you know, when I went through that journey and I'm still going through that journey, it's just been very eye-opening, awakening. Every year I learn a little thing, a little new thing about myself that I need to change, that I can alter, um, that can improve my lifestyle, and, and it has. Now, with you bringing that point up about a therapist seeing a therapist and those that have touched on seeing therapists kind of know that if they dive into what the process is and if people don't, then now they do. (laughs) But um, is there a time where you basically have to check in Mm -hmm. when you see another therapist or, which is kind of curious to me, or you feel like, the cup is about to be, is about to be, is about to, the, the cup is running over, mm-hmm. almost there. Right. And you need to see that therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? Yeah. So I've been in both situations where I've, uh, when I was going through a lot, I felt like I needed that extra support um, and, and, and just went and saw a therapist in that way. Um, this was before I was working full-time as a therapist. As a full-time therapist, um, we, we are almost like mandated to have clinical supervision because mm-hmm. we are going to constantly be affected by some of the stories that we hear. So before it gets to that point, we're constantly doing the work, uh, which it was just a, also very much effective. I mean, I think whatever it takes people to go to therapy, maybe it's like mm-hmm. it's the breaking point or you just want to continue the, the process. It's right. good. I think it always helps um, to have someone there to really like process things with, mm-hmm. um, draw some patterns that you may be having. Um, and, you know, the stigma comes from culture. I, at least for us, mm-hmm. it's very cultural. It's like you don't want to be seen like a crazy person, quote unquote. Right, right. Uh, but us therapists, we have a running joke that we always feel that the people that show up to therapy are the people who are not that, who have some form of insight, <laughs> right? And usually the person that has a lot of issues, right. like 10 people come to therapy because they're dealing with that person who refuses yeah. to go to therapy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so... Um, so it's very interesting. And then like having to work around this person who's unwilling to see. So it's actually the total opposite. Usually people that come to therapy are people who are insightful, mm-hmm. who are ready to do the work, 
who realize that, you know, the way see some patterns and things that they want to change uh, and, and just need a little bit of a professional help to, to do that. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And we, you were insanely supportive. Uh, everybody's been that I've touched on to give me their opinion um, on me starting this because it's, it's for people who are doing this in the beginning. And if you know, you can do it, you know, as long as you hit it with a rational mind and you put your, you know, your, both three feet forward, if you got it. Um, it, it's a little nerve wracking and you always, you, everybody wants to be when they're starting something to be unique. They don't want to just be, you know, a copy of something. And, you know, what I wanted to ask is when I first approached you and you heard my intro what were your first impressions? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I know a little bit about your story. So I think that it's also good to to use, you know, we call this sublimation as a coping mechanism where we use our trauma and we really um, create something beautiful out of it. And I think that that's what you're doing and you're highlighting folk story. I know some people are going to be like professionals and others are going to be like, you know, just everyone, right? Family members, everyone, because everyone has a story. Everyone should have that space to um, process um, and to tell their story. I think there's healing in telling a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was just like such an amazing idea that you would create this platform for folks, um, you know, to, to, to really express and, and, and talk about their traumas, but also mainly talk about their strengths and what helped them. Um, and then other people can use that or get mm-hmm. ideas uh, so it's a way of like healing, like you're creating a healing community, you know, you're doing therapist work yeah. uh, and it's, it's just amazing. And it, who else but to do it with someone that has, you know, experienced some things, learned some things, been in treatment, like, um, you know, you're about the work. And mm-hmm. I love that. I Thank love you. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah, it's one of those things where like it occurred to me when I was doing the intro that, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. Everybody thinks it is everybody who comes with an idea thinks that it'll not save the world, but help the world. And, you know, and I'm not going to be disappointed if it just helps a handful of people. Like that's not my goal. It's just, if I put it out on the table and like I said, just a helpful buffet of stuff, you know, you guys, I'm not, I'm the table. You guys are the cooks mm-hmm. and you, what you bring to the table and whatever anybody can serve for themselves and it'll help them. It'll nourish them. It'll make them stronger. You know, that's basically the goal. I ran through this through my head in all sorts of different ways. And you know, it's, it's, I came to the point and yeah, we discussed like, this is a passion project now. It's, you know, something, but it's insanely nerve wracking. And if you got a good idea, you got the right people backing you and um, all that other stuff. What I tell people is, you know, if you have something and you think it's good, try it. And if it's golden, you're good. But um, moving forward, it's the the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen, per- uh, seen a person through your experiences and through your practice, um, you've helped them move forward. Mm-hmm. And then you see a drawback. What is, what 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 do you what do you experience without? Of course, you have your 
oath as a social worker, if there is an mm-hmm. oath or just something that you have to, you know, without mm-hmm. going into super, super specifics, just the, the situations, like you see somebody making progress and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, three steps forward, five steps back and you're like, wow, what the hell happened? Right. So that is very common. And I always tell that to my clients, like we have developed things that uh, we have years, right, of learning one way of being that we now know notice doesn't work for us is not going to be from one day to another that we're going to change. So that is part of the journey where you're making progress. And then sometimes you stumble against a wall and then you'll make progress again. And sometimes it's about thinking back about the times where you were struggling and what helped you to get through. Or even realizing that you got through that to make you a little bit more hopeful where like I'm having a difficult time, but maybe I'm also in the brink of a breakthrough. Because sometimes those are the moments that really create a breakthrough, that really push us to learn new ways of coping and, and new things of doing. I mean, throughout my life, I've had to do that myself. So I understand the process within itself. You know, it's an individual process, but it's really not that individual. You know, it's there's commonalities. And like sometimes the, the things that we struggle for are the things that also then helped us create a strength. Right. That we've carried now even years later. And then there's like another more obstacle. And then you learn, you level up each time. And we'll definitely touch on certain experiences that you may have dealt with. And, you know, we I want to get, you know, I figure this as a diamond. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to get all facets, you know, whether it's clean, dirty, shiny, dull, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and if you're willing to share, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you feel... In a sense, you're a de facto person that um, people go to as friend wise. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been able to help your friends go through their issues or at least they say, hey, let me just bounce something off of you as like an indirect way of like, you know, mm-hmm. look, I'm going through something. Right. And, you know, you're a friend mm-hmm. and it's more of a confidence, but also seeking something with a slice of professionalism. In it. Right. It's funny you ask that because I'm actually journeying through that right now. Mm -hmm. I've helped a lot of my, so my, a lot of, I am that person that a lot of friends come to for advice. As they should. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, to hear what I have, you know, what I think. Um, And before I was in a fashion of doing that, of like giving advice and like trying to help the person through. Uh, And now I'm realizing that, you know, I need to look at people more with the, therapist eyes I do sometimes for a lot of my clients where it's like I don't need to make the decision for you I need to realize that you're an empowered person that can make decisions on your own and just let you also just talk it through yourself to help you with the indecision instead of becoming this person that you depend on for advice and to work things out because as long as you're doing what Anna said that I should be doing you're never really listening to what really works for you you know I can hear your story but I don't walk your story every day you do Um, so I do think that there is empower like a disempowerment that was happening when I was giving people like advice or like um just seeing them through or, or, or be very direct with how I feel. Right. Like I think this is was wrong and and you know it's still loaded with my own judgment, mm-hmm. right? Um and I'm not giving the person really the space to to really work it out. So sometimes now I do that with friends where I'm just like a listening ear. Uh, you know I'm I'm seeing them figure it out. I ask the little probing questions mm-hmm. without offering my opinion or judgment. Um, and, and that's something I'm doing because I'm doing my own ego work. Right. Uh, so, so it helps me. And I feel like it has helped me in so many of my relationships mm-hmm. since doing that. That's great. And um, I'm sure you've encountered the, 
just tell me what works, like tell me what to do. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's then people slowly come to the realization, like shit. Um, why would I ask them to tell me what to do when I finally realize something mm-hmm. and then it's just like a lock unlocking. And then it's like, well, uh, let me work on this. Let me do that. Like, right. does that, come through a lot when mm-hmm. people who don't have that either they don't they've never seen a therapist they've never sought out help or they just don't get it that it's not about telling me how don't don't tell me how to heal right right exactly i mean i think um yeah it was just why i love the podcast like we're really honing in on people's strengths and um yeah we're holding in on people's strengths so it's like a really strength-based way of looking at it mm. like i don't uh i'm not special y'all like i'm not really i'm not special i'm a person like you that had to figure it out oh, so and you i think, think or so you think no no and i think <laughs> i think that um that everyone has that everyone has the ability to be their own in a therapist i mean ideally we want to be in a position where there's no therapist needed mm-hmm. where a person can really just like hone into themselves about what is the best way to move right. um so so yeah so i had to do that journey on my own so i respect people going through that journey too because what worked for me might not work for someone else it might but it might not and so i want to again uh i I don't even empower people right because i don't have that kind of power but i just want folks to feel like they can you know they they can really figure out for themselves Uh, 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 but i'd tell you this though and you you have it but you know a, a kind and a kind person with insightful words is very powerful. Yeah. You know, so I hope you realize that because you, you have that. I've seen that in you and you've developed that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you always want to get to, especially when there's a a mental health issue, you always want to get to the meat of it. Right. You know, so you're very eager to help and, you know, you've done that before and I, you know, I commend you on that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And as a, you know, licensed clinical social worker, if somebody's, you know, seeking, seeking peace of mind, Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily want to go through a full session, what would you like tell a person? Is, Mm -hmm. is there something that you, is your goal to, to say, Hey, you know, you're going through this, then, you know, Mm -hmm. do this, or I I feel this and see if it, if it vibes with you, Mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, if it's, on your level, you agree with it and then explore it. Is there, is there anything you basically sort of like mm-hmm. the, the, the quick and not quick, the, the, yeah. the quick and clean, right, the, Hey, right. let, try this and see what's up. And if right. you know, you want to talk then if not, then, you know, good luck on exploring and, you know, um, helping yourself. Right. Right. So yeah, there are a few things. There's a few things I've learned throughout my career that helps and what's good about me is I'm a person that's a doer. I'm not going to recommend something to someone that I'm not going to try myself. Mm-hmm. So these are things that uh, therapists do and suggest. And people who are in therapy probably already heard, have heard the therapist suggest these things. Uh, but to me, I mean, it really has worked for my clients and it really has worked for me. One of the things that I do um, often is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, in, especially if you're dealing with anxiety taking the time and a moment to just breathe and focus on your breath and you're disrupting all these like thoughts, these problematic thoughts that are causing you to feel the anxiety for like a brief second can automatically make you feel good mm-hmm. uh, and stop a panic. Um, so med- and, and meditation just gives you also this like 
form of peace and intuition. At first, y'all, I'm going to be real. It's hard. You're thinking about 20 million things. Am I doing this thing right? Really just trust the process. Before you know it, a week in, you're like, oh, okay, I feel a little different. <laughs> so meditation is one of them. Journaling is very, very important. You know, you come, a lot of, a lot of my clients come to me and speak to me and hear their voices uh, talk. And then they try to figure things out just by virtue of that. Right. Uh, but you only do that like once a week or biweekly. Right. Mm-hmm. So like journaling is another form, right. Mm-hmm. To do free form, you know, no obligation, no one's grading you, no one's telling you what to write. Just anything that's coming to your head that you're analyzing, write it down. You'll see that the thoughts will flow uh, and then you'll also make connections into your pattern. So this is a way that you can become your own little therapy. I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend the writing down that. That helps me a lot. If you're a good typer, it's people think physically writing it down with a pen is more and look, I'm all for the organic, but I type 70 words a minute. (laughs) I think really fast. I think in a compound way and you know, luckily with learning how to type and I'm telling you people learn to type. It is a blessing in disguise, especially if you're a person filled to the brim with thoughts, ideas and everything, you get things out so much faster, but yeah, I do that. I mean, you've seen some of the stuff that I've written to my wife Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff, or just written to you Mm -hmm. and how concise it is how clean it is and everything and that backspace works amazingly (laughs) and i'm a crappy speller you know that too so Mm -hmm. it it does help and um yeah so and no no pressure right like they close right right you can free write and write really just want to get the the um the emotions on the page and you said meditation what is there something specific with the meditation is there a Mm -hmm. certain type of meditation is there what's what do you suggest? Because if somebody types in, they hear this, they said, you know what? I'm going to give meditation a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what do you recommend so that they have at least a point of origin to start? Right. So, um, so there's a lot of practitioners that do that, right? But you can actually do it in the comfort of your own home. You can go on YouTube. You can search meditations and, and do it. Um, this is not a plug. I'm not being paid for Calm. But the Calm <laughs> app is really, really good, really because it's more guided to what you're right. going through. So they have, um, like, if you're going through a, rela- a relationship issue, they have mm. meditation center on that. Okay. So there's someone that's giving you positive affirmation while you're meditating, also speaking to you about concepts and relationships, things that will make you think and analyze uh, a little bit about your situation, like meditate on it. So it's a little bit more guided in that way. If you're having trouble at work, there's a whole seven days of like relationships with things that happen with work and like ways of looking at it. Uh, So I think that's always a good starting point. I have recommended to a few of my clients and they really do enjoy it. Cool. While we're on the topic of things, I don't want to forget to mention, this is really important, uh, to also do a gratitude journal. Yeah. That is very helpful for the following reason. Interesting. So yeah, break it down. I think that we are, and, and I think science has taught us too, that we are conditioned to look at problems because we constantly want to survive. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we develop anxiety, it's almost like a really natural thing to do. Right. right. You're thinking about constant survival. So you're constantly scanning for problems. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that we're, that then becomes our autopilot. Yeah. Our autopilot is to always look at what the potential problem would be. Mm-hmm. And so people tend not to feel good. Right. Because now you're like super nervous and I have yeah. to do this and I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and gratitude is a way to bring stuff back. Right. So instead of scanning for problems, you're scanning in your day to day what you're mm-hmm. grateful for. 
Okay. Like I'm grateful for being, you know, sitting here, being able to talk to you. You know, you guys prepared me a beautiful, wonderful drink. <laughs> I get to enjoy it and savor it. Like now I do the little things. But right. when I started, it was the big things. Like I am grateful that I have a job that I'm able to provide for myself, that mm -hmm. I'm not in a position that I was when I was growing up where I was going through a lot of heartache or, mm -hmm. you know, that I have a husband that I, you know, that I'm able to. So little things like that. Right. Um so what happens is that the more you do it, the more you, you start to scan the good things in your day. Right. So your mood starts to change. All Everything's tied. Your feelings are tied to the way that you think mm -hmm. and how you behave. So this is just a way to, you know, feel good on the day today. You behave a different way. That's you right. You know, you're thinking different. Absolutely you know? right. Because even though some people might think, you know, it's a, a sort of like, it is a oftenly overused uh simplified way of describing it is just they it would always be said you know you could have had it worse or it could be worse mm -hmm. you but when you're young you don't want to hear that right. you go through a whole bunch of stuff it's like don't, don't tell me that i don't want to hear that it's i'm going through i'm in the now yeah. and you it's if they are around long enough and this is another thing I want to stress is that if you're going through a stressful moment, do not plan a permanent solution mm -hmm. to a temporary problem. What that means is suicide is not an option. Right. You know, I want to, you know, a lot of people have been in that space and those that didn't get comfortable and stayed in that space know that finally realize yeah, that wasn't an option. And that was a stupid road to travel, mm -hmm. you know, because they they grow out of it. They understand that. You know, I have something better now, and yeah. I'm glad that I never took that leap and did something that, you know, you leave a whole lot of pain in your wake. Mm -hmm. right. So it is true. It could be worse. And when you get older, you see that. Unfortunately, you'll see friends and family members mm -hmm. who didn't do better for themselves for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Could have been for whatever. I'm not really worried about getting into it. But you see how when you do better for yourself, you do better for your children, you do better for your family. And you see like, wow, how? Mm -hmm. How did I do better? And then you see those hidden strengths, those methods that your body subconsciously did to help you put one foot forward, to mm -hmm. help you not stay stagnant, to right. help you understand that, you know what, there's more to it. Whether you rely on your faith, on yourself, um, I'm going to do better. Right. And how, and what would you so on the person on the professional side, mm -hmm. you know, thank you for involving all of that. Mm -hmm. On a personal side, what 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 do you consider your strength moments? What do you mm -hmm. consider that you know, if it wasn't for this method, I either consciously or unconsciously developed mm -hmm. that strengthened my mind right. to be the help be the person that I am. You know, and it just made me stronger for it. Like, do you know? Are you conscious of those type of those type of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I think when you asked me to do 
the podcast and like to talk a little bit about like my personal story, I was thinking, I'm like, what are the three or what are some like highlight moments, right? Each highlight moment for me that, that propelled this growth were moments where I also was like depressed, like in the brink of like, Mm. just like going through a lot. Um, one of the moments I think that are very significant in my life was growing up, you know, growing up was very hard. Um, my mom was, uh, super abusive verbally and physically. Um, I didn't have like a really easy upbringing. You know, Mm. my dad was very supportive, but my mom had very, this long history of trauma. Um, you know, she, she dealt with some, well, I guess I can say like, there was like consensual stuff that happened to her when she was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, so she never really trusted family members, which is typical for people who suffer some form of sexual trauma um, that most of the times happened by a family member, somebody close. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she never really even trusted her daughters, you know, like anything that we would do is, you know, we did it on purpose. Uh, We were out to get her. So she would attack us, you know, the lashing out, the lashing out. And when growing up, I didn't understand that, you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to grow up with. I was a very angry person. Like I'm not, a lot of people that know me in high school, they're like, you're, you're the most evolved person I know. Cause now I like sit in this place of Zen. Mm -hmm. But when I was in high school, like I was, had a really bad attitude and I was like really, really angry. Um, so much so, you know, like I, we, we're an immigrant family. We, our father always wanted us to do really good in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that we took pride in. So no matter what was happening, how angry I was, how much I cursed people out uh, or like, you know, was going through my turmoil, mm-hmm. I always did good in school. Right. Uh, my sister, your wife, you know, she's <laughs> overachiever. She was like a valedictorian always. And and so was my middle sister, valedictorian, valedictorian. So that's something that I really aspired to do. So you figure that's the... That's your, that was one of the, your defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it? it was, but it also created one of the most significant traumas. Okay. So that, that's what I'm getting at that. Okay. You know, I, um, I try, I, I, I try to achieve a lot, you mm-hmm. know, um, while I was in high school going through this, these anger issues in school. And so I had actually made it where I was going to be like uh, a salutatorian of my class. Um, you know, I was one of the higher ranked students. Mm-hmm. And then I had to deal with like the principal and the assistant principal letting me know, well, you know, you did make this goal and we were going to let you do a speech. But because you have an attitude problem right. um, where I'm not going, you know, engage you in that you're not going to do that. And to me, it was like one of the biggest injustices that I right. that I've dealt with, because this whole year I'm, I'm like experiencing a lot of abuse and a lot of things. And I'm thinking like whatever, at least I have school, at least I'm doing good. And at least I'll get recognized and I'll make my dad proud, which is something that I was working for. Mm-hmm. And then they just take it away because you had an attitude problem. Granted, I had an attitude problem, but I was going through real shit. Who, no, who I used to go home. Young. I used yeah. to go to school with bruises. <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. asked me what was going on. Wow. Everybody just saw this angry kid who's intolerable, but nobody saw me as having a story. And they figure you have the problem. And they figure I have the problem, which is really what got me to be in the social work field. And mm-hmm. sometimes I understand my clients, like that person that's on the train that's like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, <laughs> I know what you're going through. You're yeah. like, it's such a deep pain that now you just don't care you want to lash it out you want to just say it because i used to come from that place so i look at that person with a sense of compassion Mm -hmm. uh because i've been there so that's why i thought it would be great for the field you know um so i took that moment of injustice and i just kind of flipped it on his head Mm -hmm. and i said okay like i don't like how this feels i'm gonna heal and i'm gonna 
do you know I, I, there's something to to this you know right. that, that that was very significant um i went away, away to college i was able to leave the space that i was in mm-hmm. that sometimes is very important people underestimate that there's healing that can happen but sometimes you have to leave the place where you're being right. constantly triggered um, that was a, that was this feels like it was a weight yeah it was a weight lifted off i was able to then navigate the world without having to deal with like the abuse well, that that's good that's it's that whole removal of yourself in a toxic environment mm-hmm. that it stagnates somebody from actually doing for themselves. Right. You know, that, that I, I, I totally get because mm-hmm. where you, where you were having, you know, with my trauma and my issues, it happened and I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what was happening until I got older and I'm like, Oh shit, this happened. Mm-hmm. And that totally flipped me on my head, but that, you know, being in the hood, um, you know, living in the South Bronx and, you know, there is, then there wasn't an option for me to go, right. you know, it's just push through it mm-hmm. to the point, like ignore it until you can't. And then how the, the measure of yourself comes out with, how do you deal with it? Right. And and I kind of want to acknowledge that because I had that, right? Like I've experienced that abuse for a very long time. I got to leave, but there was a point where I was stuck. I mm. couldn't leave this abuse. How and, you felt stuck? Huh? Sorry. How do you feel? How did you feel stuck? Like stuck. Like I had to deal with, I had to work around and walk on actuals and, and, and like learn how to cope with the fact that this is where I live. This is who my mother is. She's mm. not going to change. And so I can't immediately leave. I'm 14 years old, right? Mm. So like, what can I do? Oh, prior to you going to, to college. Prior got, to gotcha. going to college. Gotcha. And, and, I, and I do this for my clients too, that sometimes are in positions where they feel stuck and can't leave. Mm. But what can we do to make the situation a little comfortable? Right. What right. I had done for myself was that I always worked. I threw, as soon as I got to 16, I threw myself into working after school and I hardly spent any time at home. Mm. You know, granted, you know, now I'm a person that's always doing 20 million things. And I think it stems from that, right? The coping mechanisms that I had when I was younger don't work as much as when I'm an adult. You know, that's something else you process. The energy goes out the window. Right. But yeah, you know, it's sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's like seeing what I can do to get myself comfortable. I I sometimes feel like people don't know their strengths. Sometimes they do things that can make the situation better without them even realizing. Yeah, I've I've noticed that that happens with me. It's like sometimes you're almost on autopilot and you don't realize that, you know, oh, I've I've did all this and how Mm -hmm. and they don't realize it. They don't. It's. It's a pain. It's that type of pain they're not used to to get with, to get in themselves, to get in their own heads, right. to realize that you know this is what happened to me. This is what I've been through, and how am I still here? And to peel back those layers to get to that you know little gem that says, because you did this, mm-hmm. because you worked on that strength you know, wow, this is why I'm here. And I, you know, you know, that's one of the things I'm trying to pull out of people to realize that, you know, oh, I I was able to do this. I was able, like you said, you focused, you, you basically directed your ship Mm -hmm. in another path, which helped you, I don't want to say ignore it, Mm -hmm. but 
it kind of gave you a relief. An outlet, yeah. Everywhere, you know? everywhere. Every single time I saw myself in this form of a breather. Like depression, yeah, there was something that I that that helped me have like a breather. Um, another technique, and I guess this is also helpful for people trying to heal. That helped me was psychoeducation. Mm-hmm. You know, I went into getting my master's. And in it, I learned so much about the behavior that my mom had. Because for sometimes I blamed her for my issues. You know, like I am this way because she did this to me. How can she do this to me? And it, like it's very, you can very much get caught up in that. And it's good. Sometimes you do need to name it, right? right? But yeah. if you're constantly living with that, you constantly live in the sadness and the anger, you're bringing it into your present. It wasn't until I understood a little bit about why she reacted the way that she did that I was able to see her more with compassionate eyes, mm-hmm. not taking the responsibility or taking away that she did that. Right. That's very real and that did happen. Right. But, you know, I have in some ways it's like I had to let it go. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's something that, she, you know, she she tried within the capacity, her capacity. Right. And understanding that and getting psychoeducated on her disorder, um, you know, what's going on with her. Right. Really, really help me. Okay. Um, another, so psychoeducation sometimes really helps with client, like understanding, like this is where why people act the way that, this is where it comes from. Right. It's not excusing what they did, but you know, this is why we have almost like to learn to let it go. And that's it's it's great that people need to know even even the smallest amount of mental health education works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hey, look. You're born. And so in this, this is most likely I would compare it to like a mental birth where you come out of it, mm-hmm. you crawl, you walk, and then you start running. And everybody feels good after they run. If you run, then that's great. If you do other things, then that's great. You know, right. you know, your mental exercises is just like a physical exercise. After a while, it is more beneficial, regardless of how you feel afterwards. I've done a lot of there, a lot of introspective stuff about what I've been through, how I am as a person. And it is exhausting. That mental exhaustion is no joke, but that's a turnoff to people. And, you know, I, my opinion is, is that look, push through it, push through it. Mm -hmm. I rather, I'll be honest. I rather exhaust myself through, um, mentally figuring out what's going on than hitting the Stairmaster. Mm -hmm. You know that? Because once I, it's like, once you get your mental health in order, then if you want to work on your physical, you do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, get, get your, get your, your mental core right, right. as best as you can yeah. and then work on everything else. Yeah. If so, that's your, if that's your path. Yeah. And sometimes it's like I told you, sometimes it's not this or that, like, like mm-hmm. actually doing physical exercise can improve your mental health as well. As well. But this so, that motivation is not there. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all like, Oh God, I went through this. So why this and this mm-hmm. and that? Fuck that. I'm not working out, you know, yes. but it's, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, the endorphins that come out mm-hmm. and everything else physical that comes out of it. Yes, it does help the mental space yeah. that you you're says, in. You said something key. The motivation is not there. Mm-hmm. And the reason the motivation is not there is because we have driven ourselves with our thoughts into a paralyzing space. Mm-hmm. Like our thoughts are very powerful. We can really get into that very paralyzing space mm-hmm. by really reflecting, damn, that was really fucked up what they did to me. And how dare they? And you, we have to go through that process. So mm-hmm. I welcome that process. <laughs> I don't want it to be like, okay, just be positive. That's not what it is at all. Yes, acknowledge that it is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how can then we 
turn that around and like right. focus on something else or do something, even if it's like, all right, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to kind of push myself to work out before you know it, you feel a little bit better because you didn't sit there and soak right. for so many hours, soak a little bit, allow yourself to feel, but don't stay in that moment, you know, yeah. like, you know, invite your feelings, but don't serve them tea. Don't, don't let it. them stay. Yeah, right. Don't fear it. Yeah. You know, fear, fear. Fear can, like you said, uh, there's paralyzing factors and, you know, fear is one of them. And people fear, they don't think, you're not born with dissecting who you are as a person. Right. And, you know, one of the best things I do is, is, you know, just keep pushing through it. Mm-hmm. You know, who is it? The, the, the rapper, not so you mm-hmm. like as well, mm-hmm. you know, he basically was giving, advice which i is which has stuck with me he's like oh you know all these young artists want to put out good music and great music want to put out classics and he's like you know fuck that just put out music just put it out doesn't matter you don't what are you what are you waiting for the right moment to hit you never know what the right moment is and that's goes with how you're thinking it's just you do it do it do it um my wife she's like oh my god you're amazing with your words you're mm-hmm. you know when you write and i'm i'm more articulate when i write because i take time with it i edit mm-hmm. it i go back i'm thinking and, and i one thing is i like doing it right and you know i hit more with um words on paper than i do verbally mm-hmm. you know and to me i tell people it's 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 an exercise it's an exercise you're not gonna get good at it if you don't keep pursuing it, okay. there's going to be a lot of crap before you hit that yes. nice little yes. diamond that you're going to be like, wow, like that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, look at all this crap, you know, mm-hmm. that um, I did before it. But it's an exercise. That's everybody's journey. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. I mean, like embrace this, the fact that there's going to be this crappy stage. We all have to go through that. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. only in our profession, but also in our healing. Oh, you know, yeah. it's going to be, it's not going to be like from one day to another. I didn't arrive at this place. Mm-hmm. I had many like crappy moments where I thought I was really acting in my best interest and then realized that I wasn't. But like, I needed to also go through that to arrive at a, at a, at a better place. And so like, that's just a, how life flows and mm-hmm. how it goes. Um, and you can draw many examples in life about that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I do tell my clients is that draw examples of your strength, what helped you in the moment that can really help identify what is unique to you for when it comes to healing. Um, like I did want to share my last, uh, experience because I want to give a shout out to my sister Advania. So, like my last experience where I felt like it was a, had a really big breakthrough. I'm constantly feel like I'm going through breakthroughs, but like one of the most monumental ones was uh, like dealing with a breakup um, of like this like relationship. A lot of folks I feel like go through this mm-hmm. where you have that really serious relationship, that person that you love, you become super enmeshed, it becomes really codependent. So when the person leaves you feel like your whole world shattered because that person was your world, right? We all kind of been there. Uh, So it's a very normal thing, which is why I'm sharing it. Cause like y'all, yes, (laughs) everyone goes through it. Uh, So I was going through that breakup. I was super depressed. And uh, the reason I want to give uh, my sister Alania a shout out was because she told me, she's like, you know, get up, stop like just soaking, like go take a salsa class. Go out and dance. Go do it. And I had no motivation. I just wanted to sleep and eat ice cream all day. <laughs> and then one day, I just got fed up with me. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go. I'm going to see how it is. And I went. And the first day, it was just like, eh. And then I pushed myself for a second day. And mm-hmm. then I started feeling better slowly. Mm-hmm. 
And salsa, you know, doing something physical, being in community, Mm -hmm. really got me out of that funk. Yeah, you knocked it out. I've all seen you posting up the videos and... We actually saw you. I think we saw you in person. I I, I don't mm-hmm. recall what performing. Performing, mm-hmm. and if I didn't say it before, you you knocked it out the park. You were insanely good, right? To say the least. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So no, I like there's um there's value in that. You know, I always I always value that that my sister gave me that little push, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then I kept on with it and I stayed committed and like that really created so many things for me like mm-hmm. being in that world I, like it physically it got me in shape mentally it got me really happy I met my husband through the scene <laughs> it's like something that like helped me like really propel this kind of life that I have but you know when I think about those monumental like those moments mm-hmm. um I think about how like family was very hurtful to me but yeah. also family helped me with my healing yeah. right like constantly you know reframing and learning no I love that quote yeah. I love that quote you know you you love your family, but sometimes you just don't like them. Yeah, you know? no, and that's okay. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need the space. I think yep. if I didn't have the space away, I wouldn't see them the way that I see them now. Right. And everybody's older. Everybody's more mature. Everybody's more living through their experiences. And, you know, you answered my last question because it's like, you know, it was basically what were what was the what was one of your strengths and what was the trigger to make that realization? And I, I get that because it's like. If you sit there, you're staring at the four walls in your room and you're not doing anything, you're sulking and just something snaps, something snaps. And it's like, this shit ain't me. Yeah. This shit ain't me. Yeah. And people need to realize that, like, if this is not you and you, like you said, you got to dive into those feelings. You have to feel it. Somebody just can't tell you at the moment. that Hey, you know, fuck that. Move on. This and you have to be ready. Right. And it was a good I guess you aligned. you met you heard the words while you were right at the cusp of being like fuck it this yeah. ain't me and that was a good kick in the ass like get up do something mm-hmm. and you were ready for that right which is right. you know which is great which is what I hope more people go through mm-hmm. because once you realize that you're like fuck that then you know what am I gonna do then you're breaking it down then you get more introspective because people. They build through their experiences right. and they become more mature through their experiences, positive or negative and more negative than not. And one thing I wanted to touch on is that people need to realize if everybody has this type of expectation of that, everything needs to be hundred mm-hmm. percent. Never heard the term, you know, Hey, there's peaks and valleys. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard that mm-hmm. and understand everybody. If you're going through something and you know, you're high on the hog, you're good. You think it's going to be like that. And then something just st- steps on your head and you're in your low moment. It's normal. It's normal. You'll swing back up because something else is on the bend that will pull you down and you right. swing back up. Right. Live in those moments. Learn from the down. Enjoy the ups. Right. And you have a world. You have so many examples to draw from. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we do in therapy because mm-hmm. uh, you got into this place. But I'm, I'm for sure know that you've been in a very difficult spot and somehow you got yourself out of it. And so like sometimes it's brainstorming what worked for you Uh, and knowing and you know that yes, FYI, I'm damaged, (laughs) but I'm going to be okay because I have been okay. So, you know, I've made it. I've, I haven't let myself go. Right. right. So there's more strength there than I realize. Good. And that's, that's what I'm hoping 
people realize. That's my one of my defining missions of this. It's, you know, not to be popular, not but if, you know, helping is help. And just guys realize that it's, you know, figure out your path. You don't have to follow somebody else's path. You know, I want to be the table that serves up these lessons and you pick and choose what you want, what you think can help. And if it doesn't help, find something else that doesn't help find something else. You know, you have to figure out, you know, you don't have to shove a square peg in a round hole. You can Mm -hmm. just find your round peg and, Mm -hmm. you know, it'll connect. You'll find it. You'll find it, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to find it if you don't look for it. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, let me see what I got here. If someone is not introspective, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the baby steps they can go about, you know, to start this journey? What we discussed, I mean, you Mm -hmm. said the meditation. Is there anything that you didn't touch on to say that, you know, this, you know, you can do the physical, Mm -hmm. you can be introspective, you can do meditation. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Mm -hmm. Well, I think at least for me, the little things that I had to realize is like, I'm always just doing my best in the moment. So not being so hard on myself, right? Like mm-hmm. some of you may be listening and it's like, yeah, I know you're telling me to look, but it's like, I can't find it. And I'm just no good. And mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of negativistic attitude, mm-hmm. which we all have. And like it's mm-hmm. autopilot. It's just by virtue of our conditioning. So trust me, you're just doing your best in the moment mm-hmm. and telling yourself that like even people that are dealing with guilt with stuff that they did in the past, you were doing the best that you knew at the time. You know, if you cause harm, it's good to acknowledge that you cause harm and make amends with that person if possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you 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 tried you're you're working through it and you were trying your best um, at the time. So sometimes I have to remind myself of that. So I don't feel so, you know, like, oh, my God, I, I did this. I was so nasty to this person. And I was like the worst person ever. And sometimes acknowledging like, yeah, that was not cool behavior. And like I was not in a good space and I reacted like that. And. I shouldn't, you know, apologize to such and such when I was in my selfish stage. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, you know, I was just doing my best in the moment and like moving on. Right. And just knowing, like really saying I learned the lesson so I won't do it again. Right. You know, but um, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of a lot of things like that. Um, sometimes it helps to have the therapist to process that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to help you also make amends and knowing sometimes you can make amends with the people that you've hurt. It's not guys. It's not weakness to apologize. Right. It is not weakness to apologize. Right. If you know the person, even if the person isn't receptive to what you want to say, cause they've been hurt by you. And that kind of rolls into my question about what you shouldn't do, like lashing out. But mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I feel in my opinion, you shouldn't do is lash out, but it happens. People mm-hmm. are in the moment and they react in certain ways that is not conducive to healing but again it's not yeah. it's not negative it's not weakness to apologize it's actually that's actually a strength yeah and you do it for you yeah. you're not even really doing it for the person forgiveness right. i mean as corny as it sounds it's true forgiveness is not for the other person as much as it is for you right because you let it go in that moment mm-hmm. and you say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold it i'm not gonna keep blaming this person yeah. and you, you know? teach them a lesson and you teach them a lesson. yeah exactly another thing that i really and, and want to like hone in 
um, that I see a lot of therapists do that I don't agree with. And I, this is like in my line of, of, of work and, and why I don't give advice. It's like, you really don't help people by telling them what to do. Right. You really do help people by being the example. Right. Right. So if I want you to learn how to be a compassionate person, because I think that would help you. I'm not going to tell you be more compassionate. I'm going to show you what compassion looks like. Right. I want to show you that it's possible that somebody can hurt you and that you could be like, all right, I'm not going to punish this person forever for something they did in the moment when they weren't feeling good. Right. right? So like I can still give you loving kindness mm-hmm. and wish you the best, even if you mm-hmm. hurt me in that moment and then letting it go. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in that moment, I am showing compassion for that person. But that helps me then build compassion for myself. Right. And so acting it, you know, being the example, you know, someone can see how I move and be like, I like how she moves <laughs> and then feel more inspired to do exactly. it. than if I were to tell them, just have compassion yeah. for this person that hurt you, <laughs> like, you, you know, so. And people there's value in that. And even if somebody, you know, you, you got a lot of comedians out there, if they say, you know, oh, so you're that you know, annoying positive person or whatever. No, no, <laughs> fuck that. You know, not exactly. Not <laughs> at all. Because, you know, then you be that person because you know yeah. what? There's a sort of, um, and even though it shouldn't be there, but regardless, you can't stop it. There's a little envious, like, oh, that, I wish I can do that. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, you know what, motherfucker, then, then work towards it and right. be that type of person because you're not born with it. It's Practice, practice, practice. practice How right. do you get to Carnegie Hall? You practice. Right. And reflective. I mean, I like that you said that, like, the envy stuff. That comes up sometimes when people are like, think about this, because I've had this happen to me, and now a psychoanalyst, I'm like, yeah, that's where it's coming from. When you ever look at somebody, you're like, this person is just bragging. Think mm-hmm. about, that really is not about the person. Mm-hmm. What is it about that you that thinks that this person is bragging? What do you have going on? Mm-hmm. What is happening with you? Most likely How are you coping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like bring it back to yourself. Because every single time, projection is the biggest coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm just like, I can't stand that such and such does that. And I tell my husband, baby, do I do that? He's like, yeah, you do that. Something <laughs> <laughs> that reflects, I'm like, oh, my. oh shit, that's why. I'm projecting a very common coping mechanism. So that's another way that you can start to pinpoint your own behavior. Mm-hmm. If you hate that such and such, this, this, and this, that's a chismosa. I can't stand it. It's like you were you, was there a period you were a chismosa? Is that really triggering a past person that you didn't like? Or are non- you doing it right now? Like, you know, this is the thing. For non Spanish listeners, chismosa means a gossiper. There you go. Gossiper, judgmental. So a lot of people that get to my space of like, <laughs> we teach everybody with loving kindness. They also get in this like very, um, I don't want to say like holier than thou space where like, I don't judge. I don't gossip. I don't, that's also being fed by the ego. I mean, it's good that you mm-hmm. don't do that, right. but you can't be annoyed when people are still going through that journey. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, like, it's part of it. And you know, if there's a fall from that and then they learn from that. And then if you see somebody's journey, it's not to be envious is to, to, you can use it as a template. If you're right. not the type of person that you can create something like that yet, right. you know, you can, there's nothing wrong with um, seeing somebody as an example for yourself and right. then developing your own. It's, it's very rare for somebody to be, you know, their own creator. There's okay. something there's you know, there isn't fire without a spark. Right. If there's a self spark, then yeah, okay, that person could be very special in certain ways, not in everything. Mm-hmm. But for a person to spark their own fire, that spark has to come from something else. Right. So yeah, you know, it's um, 
it's one of those things. And real quick, just touch on if a person is going through this, mm-hmm. how do they come about to show and be an example for their kids? People who go through this have kids. Mm-hmm. You've been through it, right. but you've been through it with someone who hasn't who very slowly healed themselves, and that's later on, decades mm-hmm. later, mm-hmm. you know. But if somebody's in the now, they're young enough, mm-hmm. they can hear this, and they have kids, and they're like, "Damn, I don't want to dump on them. I don't want right. to, you know, dirty them with mm-hmm. this." Like, what can they do? It's funny you say that because that is my main concentration. <laughs> I work on generational trauma. I've been work. I have a son now, but I've been working on being this person for my son since I had the idea of wanting to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really it just starts with healing yourself. A lot of the stuff that triggers you, how you lash out your kids, all that, it comes from like past pain that you have that's built up. Mm. So if you already have that kind of insight and motivation to want to change for your kids, trust me that you will. Okay. You know, it just realize that it's going to be a journey because you've learned a way of being right. uh, for so long that it's not going to be from one day to another that you learn a new way of oh, being. I know that, yeah. So having compassion for yourself, but really kind of doing the work. I really do recommend therapy. Um, you can, I do a lot of generational trauma work. So Mm -hmm. if you folks are interested, uh, I do have a private practice. Um, you can go to my Instagram called the check-in collective, uh, and reach out to me and we can also process some things, some, do some behavior modification. Our kids also learn are sponges of us. Mm -hmm. So in by healing you, you heal them. That's good. And you're, you're linked up on my Instagram guys. You can see that at, uh, one word, FYI, I am damaged. It's also linked up. It should be on the podcast page. Um, and I, I completely second that because, you know, I'm a father of three boys and it's it can be daunting, you know, go through what I've been through. I've, you know, I've been, you know, assaulted in the past and it's something that I work through and I'll you know, again, that'll all unfold. I'm more into focusing on doing for others rather than I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm good, you know, just to get that across and in being good at an, in, in this certain space, it allowed me to want to help others, which is what this is for. And that's what I want to stress is I'm, I'm a father of three boys and it hasn't been easy Dealing with what I've been through and raising a child, let alone three. And then you're raising boys. So you want to be able to raise men. I am a person. I am the youngest of three. Um, Originally, uh, in my close-knit family, I'm the youngest of three. was mainly raised by my mother. So it. I always reflected on how can... Someone like me, who's been through what I've been through, raise a man. Mm-hmm. It's something that I had to struggle with. And that's, and for those who listen to this, and even for a single mom mm-hmm. listening to this, like, how can a woman raise a man? You know, I don't, they're not in that space, and it can happen. Again, it's, it's trial and error. Can't be too hard on them. And if you are, show them that there's power in forgiveness, in apologizing. Mm-hmm. And it shows them that, you know what, even though the world might not understand or those in it 
know that, you know, there's power in it. And they will realize that. Mm -hmm. And the people around them will realize that, that you were the bigger person. Yeah. And again, check out the page. Check out our Instagrams. She's all linked up on the post. Anna, thank you very much for joining us. Any thank last you for words? having me. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you. I think this is like, again, healing in so many ways. By telling my story, I've in some way healed. And even talking it through, it's like, wow, I did that. And I know this is also doing that for you. So, again, thank you so much. And thank okay. you for creating the platform. FYI, I'm damaged. I'm damaged. <laughs>